It's very important to be aware of your mind. One thing, aware of your mind, what your mind is. Yesterday I was hinting a bit at the beginning of satsang that most people, if you let them sit down, you know, even for you know, like for five minutes without anything happening, their minds start to make up things because you're not used to it. You're not used to being by yourself and not thinking. If you're by yourself and not thinking, it's because you've gone to sleep or something. So the mind automatically starts to come up and activities start very much. So I say, observe your mind and see what your mind produces. And then as you keep watching, and but don't identify, just watch. You know the, the the suggestions that come through the mind, and the you know sort of restlessness, the all this. Just be aware of them. Be aware. Be aware. Be aware. And gradually, by knowing that you're not that, and you're watching that, your attention comes back to awareness. You become naturally self-aware, because a lot of times we are identified with the mind without in, without in, intending to, because you're looking and. You know, you kind of into something, and it's like you're obeying the mind's suggestions. No? So, if you start to watch the mind, automatically it creates a separation between mind and self. This is very good, very important thing. What I'm sharing, if you are uh, observing the mind rather than just serving and acting out mind thoughts and suggestions and so on, just be aware. Sit, even for five minutes, you just. Watch every thought, every suggestion that comes in the mind without identifying with it. Then automatically, some a gap opens up where you can see that the mind becomes an object of your attention, and leaves you as the subject of witnessing. And so automatically, it shows you back into self-awareness, and you know the difference between. I say you must know the difference between yourself and your mind. That is the exercise I'm saying. So again. You just stop and just pay attention to just be quiet and then watch the the movement from the mind, which you will know. Thoughts, feelings, memory, sort of like projections, imagination, images, all these are coming from mind. Means that they don't actually belong to the present moment. They don't belong to anything around you. Everything around us is totally innocent. Nothing is attacking you. Everything is just as it is. But in the mind starts to create these kind of relationships and intention and what to do list and so on like that. So when you're conscious of that activity by just witnessing it but not identifying with it like this, then somehow immediately this thing like this, just like this, it just opens up and you can see that that's mind activity, and you become naturally self-aware that you are not that activity. You are the weakness of it. So again, when I say we must discover the difference between yourself and the mind, that's what happens. You start. The more we do that, the more somehow we can be self-aware, which is not just mind aware. You're aware of the mind. You can work with mind. You can work. You can. When you're self-aware, you come into shapelessness. Your shapeless awareness. No? And inside that, there's a shape of the mind and activities. When you're shapeless, you can deal with shapes. Okay, you can work with them, because the background is the shapeless. That's simple exercise. I was trying to get that across yesterday. Just observe, observe your mind. You see. Again, for most people, if they sit down for three, five minutes, and they're not told what to do, okay, 
If they're told what to do, if you say, we're going to sit for five minutes, the mind says, OK, we're going to sit for five minutes, and then, OK? It can just about handle it. But if you let people sit and they don't know, you don't tell them what to do, then they start to play with their mind, or they play, you know, like this, yeah. In, the world, in, in fact, you're in a state of waiting. You're waiting for something to happen. And we're almost always in some gear. I say, let's put a mental gear. You're up to something. You're, you're on some program. And so we never quite learn to rest or to acknowledge the, re- the natural resting place and the peace of the Self. Like we're unaware of our natural peace. Your being should not be governed by your mind. But in the state of the, the functioning consciousness, you should be in the background awareness. So you can watch everything. You don't reject it cynically. You're aware of it. But when you're self-aware, then your actions become cosmic manifestation, meaning that the actions that it was made to perform. And that's why everything becomes easy, because you don't have to plan that. It's just the life is already, the life is already supporting the activity, which is a cosmic manifest functioning. The other, other functioning I call mind activity, which a lot of time we are living in mind, mind activity, mind generated activity means that the activity which has no real fruit. It's like a fruit tree, a fruit tree that bears no fruit except the fruit of just disharmony and uh, you know suffering so that thing the the mind generated activity which is where the ego lives that activity we are in, in the world is very highly engaged with procrastinating fantasizing wishful thinking memory subjective you know um, interpretations and stuff like this and that makes the house busy. So when it comes time for conscious resting, it's like we don't know what to do. There's so much resistance is in the system. It feels like you know, you know, you say to just to close your eyes, and people start to feel restless. I said, let the restless. Don't try and stop the restlessness. Let the restlessness come, and begin to observe it with detachment. Don't try and shut it down or find some some kind of distraction for it. Let the restlessness come. Feel it in the body. That's the beginning of your healing and the beginning of your, you know, your self self awareness. Feel the restlessness and and say, okay, let that happen. Don't try and stop it. Just be in the place of just the awareness. So, oh, yeah, but I can't do it. And say, but even the voice that says I can't do it is also something observable. It's not the awareness. And little bit by little bit, you persevere, and you start to see a gap opens, and you can feel the difference between that is mind. And the weakness is still, and you begin to discover the weakness, and you be where the weakness is, and you can see the mind. Then you can more discern the functioning that are right to happen. Like when you move in your life, naturally you're moving, the people you meet without planning, that's part of your cosmic activity. You understand that? Whatever you do, you go down the road, things you can never plan by the mind. These are called that which is ordained by God. That activity you will see when you pay attention to it, because everyone is living that, but not consciously. And what we do when those activities come, because they are not arranged, we tend to feel, yeah, no, I'm not in the time. I ain't got time for this man. I got because you, 
you prioritize your mental activities rather than your cosmic functioning. It makes sense, no? Doesn't it like that? And so we begin to recognize more and more, and cooperate with the cosmic functioning. And you find that your day happens in such a way that you could not have planned it any better than that. You find that somehow you are, you say, "Wow, it's so fulfilling!" You know, I met so and so today. Yeah, but did you have arrangement? No, we just bumped into each other and we got talking, and so much came up like that. Whereas the activity is like, no, I planned to do this, it never worked out, and I feel so frustrated, and oh, it's not working, I don't see it. And of course it's not working, because you want life to obey your personal projections. But life is flowing by itself. When I say that even this harmony is part of the total harmony, it means that even your mind-projected activity is swallowed up in the cosmic activity, makes use of it, but you will not benefit from it. You will suffer it, because you are not conscious of where it is useful. Where it fails for you personally, it succeeds by God's grace. He will use your malfunctioning to support something else that was the intention of the cosmic functioning. Because when I said many years ago, consciousness never wastes any of its activity. So what you think is waste for you is already use it. Turns everything into compasses. Everything is working, but you are not conscious. When you are conscious of your consciousness, then you are full of praise and gratitude to God. You say, "Wow, you know, no human being could plan that. The greatest planner could not arrange this, because this happened by itself." And this is what I'm pointing out. So beautiful, and everyone is. Everyone is at the highest part of yourself, in your core. You are that. We are that. But in our expression, because we entertain and believe ourselves to be the ego, which is a part of the total functioning, but very, very narrow. You are living in this very narrow path. But that narrow path is, is, is just a little blip in the infinite scope of consciousness. So if people could just understand that and just somehow register that internally, it's already the fruit of that is amazing. When I say this is a fruit that never that never becomes oversweet, and every day becomes your best day, something fresh. If it's not like that, we're living too much in the mind, mind like that. When you realize what you where you are and what mind is. And you honor this, then the mind returns to what I call natural mind. It means that the mind without antagonism. The mind is antagonistic to the ego, but is in service to the beingness. That's that's the Lord of the mind, not the person. So good. Good 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 pointing, you know.